Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after, <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, hello, episode 204. I am very excited about this episode with my former client, Jackie, on healing body image issues to enjoy dating. Now, you're going to hear us begin the interview and start talking for a bit, and then I'll say, oh, I think we need a trigger warning. So that's what I'm doing now with this introduction to really just bring to light and and bring to the heart the truth of how many women struggle with this and how activating this can be, how confronting this is, which is true for any journey of healing. And Jackie is so vulnerable about her journey and her experience. And you're going to also hear her journey in working with me and what happened and how she shifted to meet her now husband. I worked with Jackie three years ago and it was through our work that she was inspired to become a relationship coach. She went on to work with Layla Martin and chose to focus on body image and confidence because those are the things that she struggled with. And you'll hear that. And my personal favorite on why her episode is so powerful is because you hear the power of her boundaries in this episode, you hear the power of her sense of self, and you also hear the power of not being perfect in order to find love. I adore her. I adore her partner. I adore who she is. And she is someone who really has gone on to just fully own who she is and her expression of self. And I so hope you are inspired by that as you listen and really can take in the wisdom of what she's offering around what it takes to heal body image. We talk about my own story a little bit as well. I grew up with a mother who was constantly on diets, constantly talking about her body, constantly berating her body and not taking care of herself. And, you know, we have our childhood mixed with patriarchal culture and then it's just a huge mess, but you can learn the power of body neutrality, which Jackie will share about in this episode and how to enjoy dating and enjoy your relationship, enjoy your life in general 
while healing from body image struggles. So I hope you, well, not hope, I know you will receive so much wisdom from this episode. I hope you'll be inspired by her, both in the work she did with me around opening her heart to love after being someone whose heart was very closed and had only known unhealthy and abusive relationships to now in a relationship with someone who is so warm and kind and adores her. And, and they're so, so happy together now. And, and that if you are struggling with body image issues, Jackie is for sure someone that I would want to work with if this was the area that I needed support. And she is available for clients and has a lot of other programs actually for dating with anxiety and is really a spectacular person. So you can find her at confidentgirlhotline.com. And she is on Instagram and TikTok. She's actually killing it over on TikTok if you're on TikTok. So enjoy this episode. Be good to yourself as you hear it. Allow for all the feelings that come up as they do as you're listening. And cheers to the courage to heal and do this difficult work of becoming whole. Hello, hello, new truth, lovely ladies and gents. I am solo today and have invited my friend and former client and now also brilliant dating body image and confidence coach, Jackie Carlson, to join me today to both share about her experience working with me that led her to her phenomenal husband. I cannot wait for everyone to hear about him and your story today and led her to becoming a relationship coach herself and to really get to share her brilliance and expertise with you today. Because in my experience as 11 years as a coach, I've yet to meet a woman who doesn't have body image stuff (laughs) come up. And I don't know if you know this, or I even said this to you yet, Jackie, I actually have, whenever I do my like Friday, ask me anything on Instagram, almost always there's a question from a woman saying, I'm struggling with body image. What do I do? You know, when I'm trying to date. So this has been a long time coming for me, both to share you because I love you and your story and to have this conversation, you know, because we actually haven't tackled it on the new truth yet, which is insane to me. Um, around all things dating and relationship, but this is this is going to be good. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited, and it is such a huge thing. I mean, 90% of women are unhappy with their body image or the way they look, and it does so much tie into dating. You know, it's what I help clients with, and it was my own work too, and something I struggled with for 30 years. And so. To anyone listening today, I will say there is light at the end of the tunnel and you don't have to spend the rest of your life hating your body. I promise you. Um, And we're going to talk about it. Oh my gosh. That's it. That's such such an important message. I was someone who didn't think I had body image issues until I went to a retreat. And then my entire Mm. retreat was about my body image issues. I was like, oh, okay. Um, So I hope, you know, we also hold that there's 
like a spectrum of how women can struggle with this, right? And I'm sure you'll teach all the varying ways that this impacts, you know, how we feel about ourselves and then most of all, how we show up um, with dating. 100%. And of course, there are people who don't have body image issues and like we understand that as well. Um, But we will be talking about the emotional side of body image issues and, you know, growing up in the society that we live in. We are all victims of diet culture and you know, the capitalism that comes with hating ourselves as women. And it influenced us all from being very little girls to now. So since we're starting here, let's just start here. <laughs> um, before, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get tie in your story too, because I think it's important. You know, you said to me right before we hit record that yes, your work with me influenced wanting to become, you know, a dating and relationship coach. And then in your training, choosing a specialty of body image is what lit you up and you were passionate about. So let's, let's start there. Like how, how, what's it like being a dating coach now and and body image coach and like why body image, like what happened for you when you had to choose that? Um, and why does it matter? Yeah. It felt like to me, like it was my personal work for myself that I struggled through for so many years and just talking to other women and listening to their stories. When I started to have practice clients and clients, everyone, literally everyone had body image issues. They had issues around, you know, am I attractive enough? Stuff around the male gaze. And I said, you know, this is a huge problem and there's not enough help out there. And I refuse to believe that like it's women's Mm -hmm. destiny to suffer for their entire lives. Um, I refuse to believe like there isn't help out there. And I, you know, went through a coaching program to learn the answers. I also went to school to be a hypnotist. I went to like a body neutrality program. I was like, I have to figure out what the key is so that we can all stop hating ourselves so much. And once I figured it out for myself, I was like, I want to teach this to as many women and teenagers as I can. Um, But it's not something that will ever be taught widely, right? Because our society depends on women hating themselves in order to work. So it's stuff I had to really dig to find out. What would you say around like self? So you, you, you kind of called me out on something before we hit record about loving your body. Mm. Um, And so what would you say how this impacts like how, like, so self-love, right? Like all the things people do about dating, right? You have to love yourself before you can love someone else, right? You and I both know that's crap. And, you know, to receive love, right? To, To believe that we are lovable, right? All aspects of our life impact that. So what, what do you see with body image that, keeps women from being able to like believe that about themselves like that they are lovable you know and enough well I think yeah it is a common misconception right oh I have to love the way I look or I have to love my body in order to be loved by someone else that's not true because I don't think anyone is meant to love the way their body looks I don't think that's what bodies are for so I teach body neutrality which is you can feel neutral about your body. You don't have to love it or hate it. It's just the vehicle that takes you from place to place and doesn't have to consume so much of your thoughts when it comes to how attractive or thin you are and go about your life 
normally, right? So it's almost like the body neutrality is the absence of suffering. It is not unconditional self-love um, and looking in the mirror and saying compliments to ourselves because I don't believe that works um, and I don't believe that it's attainable. And so if you're someone who's been chasing after that and you still don't have it, there's a reason. It's because it doesn't work. And I think oh. the only way to truly take control of body image issues is through body neutrality, right? It's just mitigating the suffering and not thinking about it so much. So you don't have bad body image years. You maybe have a few days once in a while and you have the tools in order to deal with it. You just said some seriously powerful things <laughs> and the permission, you know, cause even with self-love, it's like, that's a goal, right? I have to love myself perfectly or I have to, when I love my body, then I will put a dating profile up, right? Then I'll go on a date. So let's just dive in on what is body neutrality and how it'll help when someone's dating. So body neutrality, right? It is the belief that our bodies are good because they're here and they take us from place to place. And it has nothing to do with how your body looks, how thin it is or how thin it's not. And also beauty plays into it as well, right? Like how attractive our faces are, our hair, our makeup, and that as well. Um, I think dating and body image are so tied together and that oftentimes we use dating as an excuse to continue disordered eating habits, mm -hmm. disordered beauty habits, right? You see this all the time when girls go through a breakup, I'm going to get my revenge body. Well, what does that mean? You're going to lose 20 pounds because if you're skinnier, then you're more worthy of love and he's going to regret it. Like it's disordered, right? But we use that as the excuse. Um, with every body image issue, there is an emotional unmet need. So it's like, what does the obsession with dieting, hating ourselves or exercise, what need is met through doing that. So like, for example, um, if you're a very disciplined person, you're like, oh, I get respect from being so disciplined about food and exercise. Or if you're someone who desires love, it's like, no, being attracted and desired by men, the skinnier I am, makes me feel loved. And that's the unmet need, right? So it's like finding what that is and needing it somewhere else. So it doesn't have to be through diet and exercise. What was yours? So mine was definitely twofold. One was like self objectification of like, I wanted to be attractive to men, um, which I think is a piece of everyone's, especially like if you're straight and we live in a patriarchal society and we're taught it's so important, but really mine was the respected one. Um, you know, I was a high achiever, a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Like I found strength in the fact that I only ate chicken with steamed broccoli and one cup of brown rice every single day <sighs> for two wow. years. You know, like I was like, wow. I'm better than other people for doing this. Um, and it's all about that like privilege pyramid, right? Of how do we get closer to the top? 
And at the top is different things for different people. And for me, respect, right, was really the big one. This is, I mean, I, I feel like we probably should have done a, um, uh, what's it called? Not a precursor, but like setting up how sensitive, how tender, how vulnerable of a conversation this is. And so Figure I'm sorry, warning. you know, sorry, I didn't do that yet. Um, but we can all take a breath together because I want to acknowledge you and your willingness to be vulnerable right now about your story. And I will too. Um, because really with, with what you just said that it's driven by an emotional unmet need. I mean, all dating to all destructive dating behaviors are driven by an emotional unmet need too. Um, but I, I was someone driven by the, the need for love. Um, and definitely, um, what, what I came to terms with at that retreat was how I only was my only relationship to my body was an objectification of it. Right. I wasn't actually connected, you know, to it and to my heart and to, um, what was good for me and how to take care of myself and take care of my body. And so what, so with that said, most of the women I've worked with, um, because I, I do not claim to be a body image expert, um, but the work usually for them is that second piece, right? That this idea of what I look like determines whether or not I'm going to find a partner and then determines whether or not I can even hear my intuition. So I hope we can also talk about that too, like in your work, that when someone heals around body image, that opens the door for them to listen to their body when they're on a date, right? And and when they're about to possibly engage in something that isn't aligned, right, with who they are or what they want, because I couldn't listen. Like there was, there was no... Or if there was an intuitive knowing about something, I overrode it, you know, every time. Um, and I mean, I had no relationship to even whether or not it was hungry, let alone whether or not a person was good for me, you know, or not. Um, so thank you for sharing what you just did. And I'm, and I'm sure your clients are coming to you from a variety of, of um, places from emotional unmet need that's leading to the body image issue. But I'm wondering if we could talk about that self-objectification piece. Um, because if you, right, if you are looking for a man um, to partner with and our world is image right now, I mean, social media and, and dating profiles can be very, very vulnerable. Um, so what do you want to say about that? Oh. Right. We live in a patriarchal society that has taught us from a very young age, the more attractive and the skinnier we are, the more likely we are to be chosen by, you know, this dream guy. Um, and if we like unpack it a little, it's like, okay, well, why did they give us that idea in the first place? And like, I have my own theories, which is, I think, smaller women like as messed up as it is, are easier to hurt, pick up and manipulate, right? I also think hungrier, unhappier women um, make better consumers. We buy more because we're trying to fill the void of hunger with something else. I also think women 
um, are raised to be accommodating, right? We're the people pleasers, we're the ones at the holidays making sure everyone has a drink, everyone's okay. And what is body image other than prioritizing the pleasure of other people, men looking at you, right? So we have all this stuff ingrained in us from a very young age. Mm -hmm. So of course we are seeking validation from men when it comes to the way we look. But the thing is the society that's deeming like, what is the beauty standard at the moment keeps moving the line, right? right? It's always changing. And the truth is like bodies aren't a trend. You can't just like grow a butt one year and then the next year lose your butt. And then the next year after that, like grow boobs and the next year a flat stuff. Like, Unless you have a baby. Correct. <laughs> and you just have to talk about, I have no butt anymore. No one warned me about that. My butt disappeared. <laughs> but Catherine, I'm glad you brought that up because here's a point, right? Mm. Whether you like it or not, we can't control what our bodies do, right. Right? right? Women's bodies are always changing whether we want them to or not. Mm. They're always gaining and losing weight whether they want to or not. And it's something we have mm. to come to with like a place of acceptance of like knowing it's inevitable. And I think that's mm. very hard, very hard for people to understand and like the number one objection I get to doing this work is always you know I don't want to hate myself anymore but I can't gain weight and my answer to that is like you're gonna gain weight no matter what right this is just what life is so it's either you're prepared for the emotional stuff Mm. that comes with it or you're not right Right. But everyone, everyone like I thinks they're gonna stay their high school weight for the rest of their lives. Are you familiar um, with the book Eating in the Light of the Moon? No. So this this book was the book that changed my life um, uh, around body image and around understanding masculine and feminine. And one of the things I want to bring in based on what you just said around like your theories of women being, you know, smaller and thin. One of the things she said is masculine is linear, right? Like masculine's a line, like direct forward um, and feminine is nonlinear, cyclical, curves right and so when part of her her book is about the symbolic healing um for women around disordered eating and body image it's often the one that i do suggest to clients when they bring that up in our work um because recently one of one of my clients like that was the thing that changed her life like that understanding of like oh my god right like the rejection of the feminine is the rejection of ever changing body right, of non-linear truth, of um, of seasons of change, right? Like something I've been saying to myself recently, because I'm in a difficult season of my life, is that like, okay, this is a difficult season. It won't be like this forever. So is that 
that sounds like it's part of body neutrality too. It's just, it's like, can I be with where I am right now, knowing of course it is going to change. And like, that's the feminine way of living, right? Where capitalism is, no, you always are growing. You always want, must want more money and more change and, and, you know, more discipline and, and more thinness, right. Or whatever the story um, may be, but what are your, what are your thoughts on that? And you definitely should check out that book. Yeah, this brings up like something in my own journey that once this piece clicked for me, um, it all made sense. When I was in my Mm -hmm. 20s, I was like dating a guy and he and it was definitely meant as a compliment said to me, like, you have the most beautiful curvy body. And I lost sleep over it. Mm -hmm. I was like, how dare he say I'm curvy, right? Like, I go to orange theory every day. I'm a size eight. I'm this, I'm that. And it bothered me for years and I couldn't figure out why. And when I did this work, right, uncovering this stuff, what I realized was curvy is feminine, right? And if we talk about that privilege pyramid and who's at the top, right, straight white men, what type of bodies do they have? non-curvy right and they're at the top and so it's part of Mm -hmm. the reason of like oh he said I was less than because my body looks more feminine it's like that internal misogyny too that even we have against ourselves about not being good enough and that like being feminine and curvy is also like unsafe right Um, And it comes back to exactly what you said in the book is we're built into entirely different ways, but we're still compared in the same pyramid. Based on the value system of our society. Right. Correct. Right. Um, Mm. It was very interesting because I remember being like, I love a compliment, but why does it bother me to be called, you know, womanly, right? When I am a woman and that's what it is. It's still us all trying to get closer to the top of that pyramid because that's where safety or respect or whatever it is lives for each individual person. But it's true. Could you um, contextualize the privilege pyramid for a moment? Because you brought it up a couple of times. I don't use that um, language in my work. And so I'd love for everyone to just understand what you're like, kind of where that comes from or what you're referencing when you say that. So this is like something in body neutrality that we learn. So like if you take your two fingers and like you make a pyramid, right? And you look at society and you're like, who's at the top, right? And who has the most privilege um, at this day and age? And then like, you know, who falls down after that? Like, and at the top would be straight white men. Um, And everyone, whether they know it or not, like can be subconsciously is trying to get closer to the top because that's where respect is in our society. That's where safety and acceptance are. Um, And like, I'm not going to go through the whole pyramid, right? No, 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 always shifting. It's not super helpful, but what is helpful is like realizing we're not at the top and we're trying to get there no matter like even in ways that don't make sense um, because being seen as a woman and feminine is still in this world unsafe and that we're also like not as good as men who are at the top of the pyramid, which we know in terms of like, we don't get paid the same and yada, yada, yada. 
all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- yeah, thank you. I, I mean, I, everyone was understanding what you were saying, but just wanted yeah, to yeah. Like, give the, the clear teaching. And you, you know, you said earlier, you know, I discovered the keys, you know, of ending suffering, right? A- around this. I'm wondering if there's a way to share a little more about your journey and then what you do with clients around and and just like for the woman listening, it's like, okay, where does she begin if she's had the courage to click play on this episode? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and is, is taking this information in because also it's true for me. I mean, I don't want to make light of, you know, Oh, I attended this retreat. And then I realized I had body image issues. You know, it was more, I attended the retreat and actually realized how much I hated my body you know? Um, and it was not fun or cathartic or, um, easy to begin my healing path. It was a 10 day retreat. So I had 10 days of just being in it. Um, and I wonder if you would disagree with me that this is a lifetime practice. Um, no, we, we are shaking our head. We agree. So just call, you know, remembering that, but that like, what are the practices for a woman to end her suffering around this and to lean into, I I must always be in the practice of, it sounds like body neutrality is really key, number one, right? So I think the first part comes with like, everyone hits a breaking point. Yeah. Um, and until you hit the breaking point, you're not ready to do the work. You know, I tried to do the work years before with a body neutrality, very famous coach, and I fired her after you know, three weeks when she suggested I gain weight, I was like, this woman's an idiot. And I will never <laughs> work with her. Right. Cause I wasn't ready. Right. I wasn't ready. Um, so you hit a breaking point, right. For me, I was deep in disordered eating, you know, like on Weight Watchers and also like non-tox paleo orange theory every day, weighing myself every day, writing it down. At the time I had booked commercials, I had booked this huge Wayfair commercial. It was like a big part of my career at the time. And I was bawling my eyes out the night before about, oh my God, am I going to get there tomorrow? And they're going to look at me and say, we thought she was skinnier from her audition takes. And then I booked another commercial. I had the same thing. And I just said, enough's enough. I can't keep living this way. Um, I was also getting serious with my now husband. And I said, I won't raise children with disordered eating habits because I won't raise children with disordered eating habits because um, they're watching me weigh an avocado or weigh peanut butter, like enough's enough. So the first step for me, and I say this for every woman, is you get rid of the scale. You just stop weighing yourself. I haven't weighed myself in two years, three years. I couldn't tell you what I weigh. I've had like surgery. People ask me what I weigh, right? And I say, I don't know if I had to guess it would be this. Even at the doctor's office, I decline it. You can get away from the scale. And if that seems like too much of a big step, you could take a baby step of instead of weighing yourself every day, every other day or every week, right? And then you slowly, it's its the action steps. You slowly break yourself up. So that's the first. The second is 
finding out what the unmet need is emotionally that you are getting met through dieting and exercise and hating yourself. And that's what, you know, I do in one-on-one coaching work, right? Because you have to figure what that out, what that is so that you can meet it somewhere else that's healthier um, or else like it'll always sort of be lingering there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the next thing is like the mindset work around, okay, if I have to change pant sizes or if I do gain weight, like my body needs that and it's okay. Um, is another big piece of it. I think the somatic and nervous system work of like learning to listen to your body, learning to listen to your intuition and also having it out with your body. One of like the exercises I do with clients is called a purge and witness where you're sitting on a pillow, like your soul is on a pillow. And then on the other pillows, your body, and you get to say everything you've ever wanted to say to your body. And like, it can get nasty and you just like, let it loose. Mm -hmm. And then you switch over and you're your body receiving and you get to respond. And it's like a deeply cathartic process. Also figuring out why, like, where did they stem from? And not just societal, so much of it is families. Yes. Um, and, you know, our mothers are victims of diet culture as well, but us watching them put Weight Watchers points on every item in our fridges growing up does have an impact on us and figuring that out and why it happened and then creating boundaries, right, with our parents and others about talking to us about diet culture and talking to us about bodies is huge. That's the, I think, mm-hmm. hardest thing for people is like, please stop talking about your diet around me. Please don't comment on my weight. Having those conversations. And that comes down to, and you know, this is the work you do too of having boundaries and like being comfortable enough to voice them with people. When I think of the, if you are in the self-objectification, mine looked like feeling like I didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. So like what keeps us from using our voice relationally or having boundaries with dating is the, well, I am just here for you. And I am just here hoping that you'll love me and somehow want to marry me and I'll be whoever you need me to be. Right. So that happens. And mm-hmm. another, you know, unmet need is certainly um, is safety, right. And security. And, and that's the fairy tale. Like women still somehow in 2023, we think that our security and safety lies in a man and that he's the financial plan <laughs> for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, right. Like even, listening to you just list all those things off like this is not easy work right but it's so worth it because on the other side of it is your I mean freedom right the other the other side of it is your authentic self and that's what was true for me and I don't know how to talk about receiving love and receiving the right partner for you if you're not authentic right like if you're not being yourself and that you know actually if you're willing to share, um, would you share? So you just mentioned, like I was, you know, going through this while starting to become serious with my now husband, Mm -hmm. you know, what would you say to the woman who 
maybe she is like she's been on a healing journey and she's still dealing with this but she is falling in love and dating someone would you involve him in your healing would you talk to him about it or did you mostly keep it separate you know this feels important too because i can hear from some of my clients feeling like they have to you know not you know share um mm-hmm. you know this part well i mean like dating and connection is about vulnerability and truth and this is like you know i learned that from you um and so yes i think at a certain point you do share this i don't know that you dump it on the first date i would say no please don't do right that. i say once you have built trust with someone yeah. Um, my own relationship with Eric, and I want to be really transparent about this. You know, I liked him for a lot of reasons, but he was also a disordered eater when we started dating. He was deep in whole 30, had done months of it, CrossFit every morning at 6 a.m. Wow. And it's something I liked about him. I liked that I'd go to his house and he'd cook chicken thighs and avocado oil and steamed broccoli. Because what I hear a lot of times with women in dating who have disordered eating is like the thing that's hardest about going on a date with someone you don't like is that not only did I give up my time for them, I gave up my calories, right? Because I I drank wine. I wouldn't have normally done that. I had an appetizer, right? And with Eric, he was on par with me in that we both cared so deeply about it. And I will say it added to the attraction, mm. right? And and that's not healthy, right? But at the time I was like, yes, I can go to the pool with someone and we can get sandwiches without the bread and it won't be weird that I do it, right? So when I eventually said like enough's enough, like I can't live this way anymore, I said to him, listen, I'm going to start this journey I can't force you to do it too, but if, you know, we're serious, we're going to get married. We're going to have kids. I won't raise children with parents who have disordered eating habits and they won't pick it up from me and they won't pick it up from you. So you got, you know, so many years till a baby's in the picture, but at some point you have to deal with it. And he heard that, you know? And I'll be, you know, he, he would be honest with you. It took him longer than me. You know, there was points in time where I would say, I know you're dieting, but you can't talk about it around me. Um, or like you're dieting and it's ruining our summer because we can't like go anywhere or, you know, dieting is lonely. Um, it mm. is, it's controlling. It's tough. And then eventually he got on board, but we both had that bigger goal of we want to be the cycle breakers in our family and not have children who learn through mirroring, watch us logging food into an app. That was our greater purpose, right? And so I would say like, you have to find one for yourself too. Um, And I think breaking generational trauma is a huge one but I understand like not everyone wants to do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. And of course, surprise to me, definitely didn't share that when you were working with me um, about him. And, you know, what I really want to honor is one, what it just felt like to hear you set a boundary, right? To hear how you spoke to him with fierce love and care and respect 
and owned like your truth and what was, mm. what was going to happen for you, you know, that is safe relationship. Right. And, you know, we just recently did an episode about ultimatums, like notice everyone, there was no ultimatum there. Right. She just owned her side of the street. Right. And, and invited, I mean, really there was an invitation, you know, to him too, of like, you will have to figure this out. Right. And I know that I can't control your journey, you know, around this and what another really beautiful um, experience of people hearing that even people who are so right for each other, because you two are so right for each other, it's not perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot, you know, Kate and I created the podcast because we're sick of that fucking story for people. Right. And the, and the images that, you know, we see on social media and the assumptions we then make, that, oh, that couple's got it going on. They don't ever, you know, have anything they're struggling with or, or arguing about or, or healing from. And I think, you know, what a beautiful example too, because the other thing I stand for is your partner can become your ally in your healing, right? That either you've chosen someone from your pain and wound and you'll stay right in that destructive place and they'll enable it and support it. Or because of being with this person, I get closer and closer to my authentic self. And that that's the journey of real love. So thank you 100%. so much for sharing that. And like, this work is hard, right? It is hard to give it up. It is hard to watch your body change, um, especially when you've been doing it for 30 years. Um, and then it's hard to listen to the people you still know talk about dieting and losing weight and getting skinny and all their stuff. Um, and in the beginning, you envy it. You're jealous. Like, you're like, I could, you know what? No one dieted better than me. You know, we both went through that listening to our families who are both so seeped in diet culture, continue to talk about it in front of us, even when we created boundaries with them of, you know, you're not allowed to talk about this in front of us. Um, but I'll say this, we're on the other side of it now, where now we just feel sad for them and our life, we're not, we're free for the first time in our lives, right? We don't have anxiety about going on vacation. We don't have anxiety about going out to restaurants. We are free. Um, and that's what comes with doing this work. And it was worth it because, you know, when we do start a family soon, we're not worried about passing this stuff on to kids either. So it, it is worth it. Like the hard work, it matters because it does change your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like this is actually another powerful way, place to bring in the work you did with me because perfectionism was one of the biggest things that mm. came up and like what was transformed. And so um, could you tell everyone what your starting point was around dating um, mm -hmm. that led you to hiring a relationship coach? So I was the ultimate perfectionist, like in every sense of the word. We haven't of... heard that at all about you. Already. <laughs> <laughs> like I had to be the best at everything. Like even in high school, I didn't even care what my grades were. I was like, what's my class rank? Like, who am I better than? <laughs> like, 
Um, and I was a comedian and an actress for many years. And even in that way, I was so competitive with like what teams and shows I was on. And then with body image too, right? Making sure my hair was always perfect. I was a certain weight. My body looked a certain way. It was across the board. Um, and I was so hard on myself. And so I said, fair is fair. I'm going to be hard on whoever I date, right? Because I'm not going to weigh an avocado to have some guy with a beer gut who like doesn't even have a job tell me he's not into me. Like, how dare he? You know, this was my mentality back then. So I was literally so closed off to finding love because I found problems with everyone. I was avoidantly attached. Everyone I felt I was going to get bored with or they weren't good enough for me. Um, but obviously, right, with my body image issues, it was deeply an insecurity as well. Um, and so when I what started working with Catherine, you know, she really opened my eyes to like, Jackie, you are so hard on yourself and you're hard on men. And that's why and you need to be gentler with yourself. And then you will be gentler with a partner. And that's how you're going to meet someone. And once she said that to me, like everything clicked and that became my work for the next, you know, many years of like, how do I be gentler with myself so I can be gentler with others and accept them for who they actually are and not just like all of us trying to be perfect people. Um, and you also helped me see that like as someone who was an actress and was so good at playing the role of like the perfect date was not helping me because I was I had this mentality of like well I can get whatever guy I want to like me because I know what to say and I know what moves to do and then like after six weeks it would blow up because I couldn't keep it up anymore and you taught me to be vulnerable and open with people and as soon as I did that I met Eric and I'll always be grateful for you, Catherine. Like always. I am so grateful for you. And I and I really, you know, it just like you've been saying about body image, what it takes for a woman to ask for help around relationship. You know, like my thing on why I hate the fairy tale is not because you don't get to have magical love. Like magical love actually exists, right? Shall we tell them that you went to Disney for your honeymoon? <laughs> <laughs> right, like you get to have magical love, but what it, what the the core of the fairy tale, and it's interesting because this is happening for me around parenting. We assume we're just supposed to know how to fucking do it. Like, oh, I should just know how to date. I should just know how to have a healthy relationship. I should just know how to be a mom. So I have to hide that I'm reading parenting books or parents are getting shamed all over Instagram. You know, I'm, I watched a recent TED talk where all these people were commenting on Dr. Becky um, saying, oh, if you need this advice, then you must not be a good parent. Like we live in a culture that shames women around needing to learn anything or just learning in general. And so it was 
I mean, you, you, we had a fun little consultation call before you said yes to hiring <laughs> me. Um, and so let's really just like level set, you know, what really had to happen inside of you to say, I will invest in this. I will make this matter, you know, and, and, you know, she can help me. Like what, so, yeah. what happened inside of you? Because that, you know, even then, like, and you're hearing it with people who, you know, call you and then are like, you know, I'm not ready yet. And, you know, we have over 200,000 listeners on the new truth. and I don't have 200,000 applications in my email every day, you know, like what did it take for you to ask for help? So I will say when you and I first talked, I think it was like in October or something and I loved you, but I still had this hesitation of like, well, I already have a therapist um, who was a love and sex therapist who, you know, I still see to this day who I love. And I initially said no to you, right? I rejected you. (laughs) Um, I was like, I I just like, I think I just like, I rejected that body image coach, right? Like I wasn't ready. Um, And then six months went by and I felt this deep knowing in my bones when I turned 30 that I was about to meet my husband soon and I felt unready for it. And I had a best friend who was actually working with Catherine and I watched her become a totally different person, like the most magnetic, energized version of herself. And I was like, oh my God, like I have, I have to. I have to work with her. Like it's time for me, you know, and I was the last one out of my friends to be married. They were all starting on babies. I was still single. And I was like, I need that missing piece that I'm not getting with therapy that I'm not getting from my friend's advice, right. That I'm not getting from self-help books. I need this girl to come in and tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong and exactly how to fix it. And she did, you know, and I think like, two or three weeks into working with each other, I met Eric. It was like divine. And the, the magic though, you know, so this is it, like you were ready and willing and coachable. And that's how transformation happens. Like I had to hit my own bottom on asking for a relationship coach help. And I wish this wasn't the case, you know, and well, do I think, I guess not every probably not every client that's coming to me now, you know, I've been doing this for 11 years. Mm -hmm. Um, No one's really at a bottom. Like now it's really from like, okay, I've done work. I, I, I can see what's happening, but then I want the encouragement and the advocacy and the support and some of the handholding that the magic of coaching actually is right. We're meeting every week. Um, and every week, I mean that my favorite was you're like, all right, I have my notebook. I have my questions. Like I'm ready to go. Like that was my fate. That was one of my favorite things about working with you. Um, well, like, because that level about- of receptivity made, you know, it all happen fast. Well, one thing about me is I'm going to get my money's worth. And so <laughs> like, I would come in and I'd be like, here's what we're going to focus on today. I need you to answer these following questions about myself. And I had like my notebook. I was like, all set up. I took your advice to heart so much. And then look at you, look at you go. I mean, he is, I mean, I want people to hear your story because the thing that even was healing for me is listening to how he loves you, you know, and that most of my clients 
come to me from never knowing what a health, like I do believe that my, like one of my signature things is like for the women who've never had a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. right. Who just don't, who don't know what being deeply seen, deeply understood and deeply loved and cared about actually feels like. Um, and I, is it true for you that you hadn't felt that like you had had relationships, but not this level, right. Of devotion and care. No, I've never loved or been loved like I am with Eric. I I say this to Eric all the time. I mean, like I'll look at him at, in bed at night. He'll be like asleep because you know how men fall asleep immediately. And we just like <laughs> stay up all night. <laughs> so, but I'll like look at him sleeping and I'm like, I like want to scream. That's how cute and obsessed with him I am. Like, I'm just like so grateful for my life. And that we found each other because it was so like, we're just so compatible. We're so happy. People are like, you know, I have a huge personality. People are like, how does Eric deal with you? I'm like, Eric is laughing before I even tell the joke. Like, I'll be like, Eric, listen, he's already laughing. I'm like, I haven't even said it yet. He's like, (laughs) I know it's going to be funny. (laughs) Like, he's my Mm. number one fan. Like he's in the front row applauding like and that was one of my fears I worked on with you was like I had a light that shine that shone really bright and I felt a lot of my exes tried to dim it because they were intimidated by it and Eric just makes me shine brighter he does it it's so easy you know when someone supports you no matter what and we love each other you know we're compatible your we're friends just, we're best friends, friends. we are lovers. we like are. i i want to be clear this is what my clients sound like like th- that even now i mean 11 years i have people writing to me from from 8 years ago saying catherine i still feel this way about my partner that i am mm-hmm. so grateful he's here and that we exist and we've been through some really hard things together and i'm so glad they're my person and so the thing Like, let's talk about the thing that had to shift for you that opened your heart to not only believing that he existed, but that you could have the kind of marriage you wanted because that was the work for you. It's like, you you got to come, came to terms with that. Your heart was closed, right? And that perfectionism wasn't working, but then, you know, earlier before we hit record, you were saying the two things that like really said, okay, like now I'm actually open and available for my partner to find me. Two, and I mean, you really like pushed me on this. I had to change what my view of marriage was um, because my view was like very negative of it. I felt like it was something that was going to trap me that I had to get like all the fun out of my system before. I got married and I remember something like one of the homework things you gave me was like start looking for evidence of couples where the couples inspire one another support each other like laugh with each other and I had to open my mind to like start seeing more examples of that and give my brain evidence that it does exist um, so that I could believe right that it could happen to me Um, And once I did that, like, it made me excited to get, like, I couldn't wait 
to be engaged to Eric. Mm -hmm. And he'll tell you that because I bothered him about it. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like once it all just clicked into place, you know, and we were engaged after a year and a half, married a year later, right? Because like it was so aligned because we were both ready. And so was he, right? Like he wanted to be married as well and have a family and a house and all those things. Um, And we just, we had like so many of the same values and we enjoyed each other's company. Like I remember saying to you, I feel safe around him. It feels familiar. Um, And it was refreshing. And the permission to be yourself. That, mm-hmm. that was really the other thing because so many women, you know, the core wound is not feeling lovable. And what's so beautiful about this, what a perfect thing that we did body image um, first to your story, because what a beautiful thing for everyone to hear the vulnerability of this. You were working with me, but since I'm not a body image coach, like this wasn't brought in our work, but this was going on for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what a beautiful example of, oh, you didn't, you didn't tie up every loose end of everything that needed to be healed right before you were available for love. And that what the work actually is, is my heart is open or not. Right. Period. Like th- that really is it. <laughs> um, because the, once we broke through the, and, and you understood the perfectionism piece, it then was a, journey of practices around owning who you are like owning how bright your light is like owning your big personality and like that's why I'm particularly happy to you know have you on because how many women and I'm sure your clients too like I'm afraid it'll be too much right I'll be too much it'll be too intimidating um so I don't know if you want to say anything about that like what what the practice of authenticity and vulnerability you know was like for you like it's exactly what you're saying and so many women have this of like fear of being seen and and playing small um a lot like dimming our own light before someone else does and it literally is an exact parallel to body image stuff right playing small being in the smallest version of ourselves right Why aren't we worthy enough to take up more space emotionally and physically in this world? Like it all plays into that. And yeah, I had to show Eric, you know, that I wasn't just like this perfect girl who said all the right things and had Riz and, you know, did and wore the perfect outfits or whatever it was. I had to show him my messy side as well and my imperfect side. And again, once trust was developed between us, my vulnerabilities, like sharing my own stories and struggles, um, and also being honest about my values and things I wanted, um, and making sure we were aligned on those things, and all that stuff is super vulnerable. Um, But when it's the right person for you, they will hold that stuff in their hands and in their heart for you. And it won't feel scary. I'll tell you that. And if it does feel scary and someone throws it away, then they weren't meant for you anyways, right? And that's like a great weeding out process. But yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. Like the 
the the kind of catch 22 of the only way to know if you're safe is you have to actually be like you have to bring it you have to like let yourself be seen and 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 how many women i mean you in a if you're performing on dates no one can actually see you right and know who you are 100%. if you're a people pleaser um, on a date no one can actually know who you are and you'll never know if you're actually safe you know i really believe safety is not a feeling that someone else gives me safety is the by safety is the feeling that's a byproduct of the behavior that's shared right between both of us and that you know you've also talked about you said it a couple times like once he earned it like once I knew, so I don't know. Now you can turn your dating coach hat on um, for a second of, of just really speaking. Like, let's also help women. Like, how, what was that like for you, too, of, you know, slowly building trust? Cause I think even you just saying like a year and a half before we were engaged, like what it means to slow, slowly get to know someone. I don't know if you want to tell, you know, just a few minutes of like the beginning of getting, you know, to know him and, and what was happening for you at that time. Yeah, just going on, you know, one to two dates a week and like sharing our stories with each other from our lives. It was during COVID. So there wasn't like a lot of new stuff going on. So we'd be like (laughs) telling each other, I'd be like, let me tell you about my friend, this person and their whole life story. Right. And like asking, you know, getting curious about each other. And then in time when emotional connection built. And I also saw, you know, this is someone who is worthy and trustworthy. And he started opening up to me. I started opening him, opening myself up to him when it came to like my vulnerabilities or things I was struggling with or family stuff, right? Because you don't want to be airing your dirty laundry to everyone on a first date, right? These are things it takes time and trust to come with. And people are like, well, how do you know when you trust someone? It's like, well, how does your body feel around them? Right. Do you feel safe? Do you feel warm? Does it feel good um, when you're in their presence? Right. That's how, you know, Um, and it should feel pretty easy if all those things are true. So you're building on it and you're not just throwing it all out there at once, right? It's a slow and steady climb because then once you fall in love, right? Then it speeds up, of course. But in the beginning, like, I know it's exciting, but don't rush it. Like one to two dates a week, take your time, get to know somebody for who they are. Hmm. Do you want to share? I mean, I want to hear the adorable things he did. Like, people need to hear that you were long distance for Mm -hmm. a bit and how you maintained that connection to each other. Um, and you know, this, this really beautiful, I I mean, I, I can't believe, cause of course I didn't know. I I mean, I didn't know anything about what you've just shared today about what was happening for you body image wise Mm -hmm. while you were dating him. Um, and how beautiful to just really bring home the not perfect Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like really bring home the, that finding love is not about now I have checked all the boxes in myself. Like now I feel perfectly worthy and available where it's really just now I feel safe enough to be myself. Right. As 100%. I am right. And in, in all the things that includes, which includes the things I'm struggling with. 
right? And then my person is the person that by being with them, I have the courage to actually do deeper work on myself, or I have the safety that I need to then face things about my family or about my job, right? That I can, you know, um, now navigate because I have a teammate and an ally and a friend, you know, I really am um, just, yeah, like even more moved by your story today, you know, because of this. Um, But I just, you know, it's healing for women to hear how he's loved you because that like this is evidence for them too that there are men like this you know that exist yeah and I think when we talk about like this messiness and imperfection like and you know I just said it too but it's easy to be like oh we're talking about talking about our vulnerabilities but there's other this other piece to it too which is like letting see letting someone see you without makeup on or not in the perfect outfit or also like letting someone see you're weird. Like I'm super weird. Like I was a comedian. Like I'll like pretend I'm a cat. Like I'll like do voices, speak in a different language, you know, like, and let him see that really goofy side of me, which isn't necessarily sexy as you would deem it. We're also vulnerable too. So like, that's what I mean about being seen. So Eric and I dated for three months in Florida. I was visiting my parents at the time who retired down there. And before I left, we had a big conversation where I said, I don't want to break up when I go back to Boston. And he said, I don't want to break up either. And we literally the next day we sat down and we hashed it out. It's like, okay, you're going to fly here. Um, in September, I'm going to fly here Columbus Day weekend, Thanksgiving, we do this. Da, 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 da. And before I left, before he drove me to the airport, he handed me a folder because um, it was going to be six weeks before we saw each other again. And in the folder was six envelopes and they had one, two, three, four, five, six. And each one I opened on a Friday, I would have to FaceTime him in the morning. And I like this is, I was like, oh my God, this guy loves me. (laughs) (laughs) He went to FedEx and he like made these graphics in Canva, these little cards. And each card had like a memory from our summer together. And it could be like a picture of us or like a funny inside joke and graphics. And they were like laminated (laughs) and also a present in each envelope so it could be like a gift card to my favorite ice cream place or like you have cupcakes coming today or like flowers in the mail and I was like oh my god the amount of like forethought this took and he kept that up for the entire year we were long distance together so every time I saw him I got a new set of envelopes and I was like this is someone who really likes me for who I am. You know, so if you are struggling, if he can't fucking text you back, <laughs> babes, like if you can't get a text or get get a date or have someone be clear about how they feel about you, like that's secretly why I wanted them to hear this because it's just like <laughs> like the things that women tolerate, where it's like there are men like this that exist and and working with you and just watching your desire to heal, like being in the presence of your desire to heal and figure it out was very powerful. And I feel that, you know, about any woman who comes my way, like that was me too. 
Like when I hired my relationship coach, it was like, I want an open heart. I want to be clear. I want great love, not, not the love that, you know, is of security and safety. And then just get to like, check all the boxes, but like the big love that blasts open my life. Right. And like, and changes my life. And I had never known, you know, what being cared about and seen, you know, felt like, and I, I mean, I still can't even believe the gifts and like how, you know, he did long distance <laughs> with you, but that, and, and also the key, cause this is the other thing I want to deeply respect about you is, and cause this was true when we were working together, like the way you guys had conversations and everyone needs to hear that too, that like you had rooted into yourself of like, this is who I am. This is what I value. This is important to me. And you didn't shy away from real life things that you were going to have to figure out and how many women who don't have a voice, you know, end up five years later being like, well, I guess we've never talked about, you know, this, like the intimacy you have and the connection you have is because you came all the way out, right. You opened your heart and then, you know, brought right your confidence and, and power and passion. And then he wants exactly who you are. And like, that's what I get. Like, that's my favorite thing over 11 years is like watching my clients find their freaking person, right? That says, I love who you are, you know? But you're right. And like, that's something you taught me is like, you have to be upfront about your values. Um, I remember saying to him in the pool, right? Like on our second date, I was like, there's three things you have to know about me. And he was like, okay. It's <laughs> like one, and we're different religions. I said, I will not convert religions for somebody. Two, I won't change my last name for somebody. And three, I'm not moving to Florida. And he just went, okay, like, thank you for telling me that. Like, I totally respect that. And he's like, um, you know, I personally am open to moving. <laughs> I remember going to Catherine and going to my therapist at the time. And I was like, do you think like a hint and they're both like yes (laughs) he likes you (laughs) but I was so clear about it and to be honest you know when things move quickly or you know when we were planning a wedding with two different religions Eric and I are totally fine with it but our parents made a way bigger deal about it and I could come back to, listen, I set it up front and you, you know, shook my hand and agreed. So it's not like I ever tricked him into doing this. Right. Like we were so, I was so clear in the beginning about things that were non-negotiable to me. And something you taught me too, is like be non-negotiable about a few things when looking for the qualities in a partner. And I remember saying to you, like, ambition, creativity, and kindness were the most, like, kindness, a kind heart. And I would not date someone with a temper um, was, like, one of the biggest things to me. And Eric is the kindest person. You can, I mean, even, I've never met him, but you can feel his heart. Like, when you just see a pic, I mean, this is what's true when you're connected with your body. Um when, when you're connected to yourself and then, and, and the last thing I'll say, cause this has just been an incredible episode. You're incredible is that healing your relationship with your body is what gives you your intuition and your power that if you are 
starving and exhausted and and constantly trying to control everything you cannot hear your inner wisdom you cannot tell if you are safe with someone and you definitely cannot you don't have the resource to use your voice in the way that you are modeling for everyone that like you took a stand and that's true for all of my clients they get to that place of like i'm unwavering in knowing what i deserve and what i want to create and I'm no longer in the, like, I have to try to get a man to be that for me. It's like, here's the energy that I'm playing at, like the level I'm playing at and you either join me here or not. Mm-hmm. And you can, and like, you can only get there from a relaxed nervous system, like from inhabiting yourself. Right. And, 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 you know, feeling safe enough to do so. And I think, um, so know, it is you- all connected. You and I like both do some body first somatic work because it is so important. And it's exactly what you're saying. If you are cut off from your body, right? Because you're hungry or even, you know, people who have chronic illnesses or, you know, we purposely shut off from our bodies because it's given us pain before, then of course you're not going to know when you feel safe. Or of course, you're not going to know when you get a gut feeling about somebody or something. And we have to do that work of heal our relationship with our bodies to truly be able to hear our intuition. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much for your time and your energy and your expertise and your vulnerability today. I really appreciate you and can't believe it's been as long as it's been um, since we worked together. And I'm just thrilled for you and what you've created for yourself and your life. And it'll be very clear for everyone in the show notes on, you know, how to find you and and if they're interested in working with you. But is there anything, any last thing you want to say, you know, just about love um, and body image, like closing, closing love note. (laughs) I'll just say like, you deserve to take up space, right? Emotionally and physically you deserve it. And if you have trouble seeing it, please reach out to me. Like, I would love to help you. Um, this work matters and you can be free, right? My story will tell you that my clients will, you can be free. You don't have to live the rest of your life suffering. I don't believe that that is the path of women that we have to suffer the rest of our lives. Thank you for having me. Catherine, you know, I'm always grateful for you. I credit you with like my happiness and my marriage. So I love you so much. And thank you for everything you've done for me. I love you too. Thank you. I can't wait for everyone to listen to this episode. And um, yeah, thank you again. So see everybody next time. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.